Welcome to the Review Your Name podcast. This week on the show, we're going to be doing a little bit of a Thanksgiving thing. We're going to talk about the news as usual. We're going to talk about pop culture Thanksgivings that we enjoy, and we're going to talk about our own Thanksgiving pop culture traditions. With me today, we have Alex. Hello. Sarah. Hi. And Sam. Hello. Uh, also, Sam is eating Chinese food because uh-huh. Sam's always doing lunch during the podcast. Mm-hmm. It's tasty. Sam, tell me about <laughs> your pearls. It's very good. I'm just eating scallion pancakes. They're delicious. All right. Um, I'm sure you'll keep us up to date on that throughout the show, as always. For now, why don't we start with the, uh, the <laughs> news roundup? Um, why don't we start with the news, because I think Sam will get very excited about this, that uh, Seth Green is set to guest star on How I Met Your Mother, uh, playing a college friend of Marshall and Lily's. Um, so, Sam, because you're going to have a big rant about this, why don't we start with you? Uh, well, you know, for those who don't know, the significance of this guest spot is that I guess this is the the first time uh, Seth Green and Allison Hannigan have been reunited on television since Buffy, where they played one-time lovers before Allison Hannigan became a lesbian all of a sudden. Um, Alex, uh, Sarah, have you guys seen Buffy? I, I yeah, don't remember. Yeah. Okay, so Sarah, you can appreciate how exciting this is. Except that I hate Seth Green. Why do you hate Seth Green? <laughs> and, we, and the podcast has gone for like two minutes before Sam has started yelling at Sarah. Jordan told me to, to be nice before the podcast. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I told both of them to be nice and they both immediately refused, to be clear. Um, Just don't disagree right. with me, you'll be fine. Well, why, well tell, tell me why you don't like Seth Green since we're on Seth Green. Okay. Um, he was really annoying on Entourage, which like I get was his character but I can't separate people from their characters. <laughs> on Entourage, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. Entourage is an annoying show. So if you're just judging everyone based on their appearance on Entourage, you'll hate everyone who's ever appeared on Entourage. Uh, now you're no, going to tell really me you don't like, like Sasha Gray. <laughs> <laughs> well, she was on Entourage. Oh, uh, All of them? No, you know... Jeremy this Piven? is good because Maybe? Jordan thinks Bird that I have Shore. a I'm I don't know whatever it is racist against short people, but I really like. Uh, so it sounds like you are racist against short people. That's why you hate Seth Green. Let's no, because I like heightist, e. not racist. I like racist. E. Who plays E? God damn it! <laughs> uh, I don't know because I don't watch Entourage. Oh, uh, Kevin Connolly. Oh, okay. Okay, E. Yeah. Yeah, I like him a lot. Well, I hate Entourage. <laughs> <laughs> why but do you not- hate? Oh, because it's a bunch of douchey assholes no, I, who have fake problems, and they can yeah, be like, yeah. oh, are we going to get the movie? Am I going to make $10 million or $2 million? Let's go fuck Sasha Gray now. It is trash. Um, but uh, I, uh, I made what, it to the first season of Entourage uh, way back when. You know, like, I, when first uh, the first on. couple of seasons of Entourage was nice, like, escapist fun, but then it just became just so self-indulgently retarded. See, I couldn't I, even make yeah. it through the first season. I think I like. I think I actually finally finished it after months and was like, never again. Um, so let's get why like, but you hate Seth Green because of Entourage, and you don't like him because of Buffy. What are your thoughts on his Buffy run? I mean, like, I think like everyone, I thought that Alison Hannigan becoming lesbian was like, oh my god, that's shocking, and so I liked him and her together because I thought that was how it should be just because that was what was explained and her sexuality switch kind of wasn't. So I'm glad to see them together, but they're not going to be... Unless he's sort of like a scooter character that, like, still harbors... Well, I think he's... I think his character is supposed to be a guy, I think, who might have, like, had a crush on her 
like back in the day or was like really into her or something they'll make then a lot of like jokes like referencing well i, I hope how i met your mother makes jokes too and they haven't done that for the last time yeah it's seasons. been like four or five seasons since we've seen a joke on that show so that would be a, a nice change um Um, probably. I think I've probably told all of you. Um, well, Jordan, me, me and Jordan have had long conversations about how terrible How I Met Your Mother is now. But and we still see, watch like, it like idiots. The last, the last episode, uh, well, actually two episodes ago now, where Ted and Victoria broke up. Um, spoiler alert if you're not watching How I Met Your Mother, but if you're not, you shouldn't care about Victoria's that Victoria's not the mother, you guys. You found <laughs> that out in season one. <laughs> um, anyway, like... Basically, that episode ended with, again, the revelation being, Ted's really always going to be in love with Robin, and he will never get to be with her. So the show has just turned into a slow-moving tragedy. No. Like, yeah, Robin's now like a creepy just... family Jordan, today. And then... the only revelation was that Victoria thought that Ted was always going to be in love with Robin. That's not the same thing. But he is always going to be in no, love he's with Robin. Not... <laughs> we can't find about He's not. Well, he might be in love with his wife and Robin at the same time, which is also, like, fucked up and depressed. I just feel like, at this point, the show is settling us, like, basically Ted settles for whoever the mother is. No. Yeah, but the way it's showing us that you can have great that, friends. Like, she's an awesome superhero woman who's like she plays the bass and she thinks Ted is funny, which is totally bizarre. <laughs> so I guess you know here, what's going to happen is it's going to be fucking like Barney's sister, right? That's like the theory du jour, I think, because she's going to be at the wedding. Uh, they said Barney's sister was at college when they went to Barney's real dad's house. So, I don't know if you guys have heard that theory, but the theory is that it's going to be Barney's sister, and that it will be actual Uncle Barney and Aunt Robin. Um, that's so. stupid. I hope that's not true. But... Oh, I like that. I hope it's true. <laughs> I think it's kind of cute, but it's yeah. also kind of like, I want to get to know the mother, whoever it is. Really, yeah. I want to know her. Um, Who do you think should play her? I've, I've actually, a long time ago, I gave, I thought was a great idea, but it'll never happen because of yeah, casting problems. Uh, Linda Cardellini from Freaks and Geeks. Uh, I think would be a yes, she's but, also Daphne and Scooby Doo. Yes, yes, she is Daphne yes. and Scooby Doo. Correct. That but is a the good problem. One. Is apparently her and Jason Segel used to date and they broke up a while ago, so it might be kind of awkward and weird. Or maybe uh, they'll both admit they were teenagers when that happened and not care. Jason Segel, but wouldn't she Michelle be perfect Williams for now? the show? I think I think she like, would be a good mom, and she's cool, and she's you know she's proven to be funny. And so. she has brown hair, and I think she has to have brown hair because they made the joke when... You're um, right. You're right. Sarah Chalk was at, Yeah, I was yeah. on the uh-huh. show that his kids would be blonde. If she were blonde, that's not how it works, but... Uh-huh. <laughs> that's not how genetics works, but... Yeah, it's like... You know, her hair is dyed. Hair too. <laughs> Who knows what her actual hair color is. Anyway, we have gone so far off Seth Green right now. But anyway, <laughs> my, uh, my, my pet theory... I've explained this to Jordan about how I met your mother, is that Lily is actually... A reincarnation of Willow. And Willow, <laughs> at some point after the end of Buffy's run, casts some spell like recreating the entire universe, and so everyone's living in an alterniverse. So basically, that's why you see, that's why Lily has um, like psychic powers, like she can com- communicate oh, telepathically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's also really into Robin, like she's also a lesbian on the show. Mm. They've actually, they've been playing that up a lot actually in the last couple of weeks, how into mm-hmm. chicks. Uh, Lily is. And I, I feel like little things like Sandy Rivers played by Alison Hannigan's husband yeah. and Wesley. I feel like little things from Buffy are like slipping through the cracks of her like alterno universe. And that like her but spell it, is like sometimes it has, you know, like hiccups in the matrix or something. 
In this theory, though, didn't you say that you think Sarah Michelle Gellar would then play the mother? No, I never said that. Oh, I'm pretty sure you did last time we talked about this on this podcast, but okay. No, I don't think so. Yeah, but she's blonde. Yeah, but she's had her hair dyed uh, brown in previous things. Like that terrible show, Ringer. Actually, (laughs) she might have been blonde on that. Was she blonde on that, Sarah? Okay. I I heard Ringer was an abortion. I heard it was just so bad. <laughs> um, but I never yeah. saw it, so I'll never know for sure. I, uh, I I reviewed it for pilot season last year, and I did not watch past the pilot. So maybe it got awesome, but uh... it got better. And then it brought back Logan Eccles, who was um... oh my god. Oh, I haven't seen Veronica Mars. <laughs> oh, so you need you need Chris here because Chris is the big he's the Chris, resident yeah, Veronica Chris Mars would be guy. like oh it's this person and this is their entire career because he's the giant Veronica Mars he like guy. hasn't really had a career between the two which is horrible oh Chris knows Chris knows <laughs> so anyway I'm thinking I'm excited that they're going to be reunited because I like them together before she turned into a random lesbian on Buffy and uh, I, it also holds up my theory that this is all some giant spell that Willow <laughs> cast to you know to make her life easier after losing her dear Tara. I like that uh, this started out as a joke and has now like blossomed into a serious thing that you think. I think it makes, it's, it makes how I met your mother watchable. That's yeah. Whatever, (laughs) whatever you have to do to get through those 20 minutes a week, I'll, I'll grant you. If like the fact that like every week could add a new Buffy verse layer. Also the fact that like everyone on the cast, I mean, this is kind of meta, but like almost everyone on the cast at this point has worked with Joss Whedon save uh Siegel and uh Josh Radner. All the yeah. others have had direct work with Josh mm-hmm. Whedon. So uh so I'm not even to your theory, but that's sure, I'll buy it. Um Alex, you haven't had much to say about this. Any any large thoughts? I'm glad I don't watch How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> you know what? You should be glad. Because I'd say start, because the first few seasons are really good. But, but you'll just get gonna, burned like yeah, the rest of us. You're gonna be you're gonna be shit on. <laughs> I don't like Josh Rader is going to squat on you and shit on you. <laughs> well, um, we can talk about that again, Alex, on our therapy podcast, um, which I'm sure is forthcoming. But for now, why don't we turn our attention to another uh, big guest star story of the week with uh, Patton Oswalt being announced to have a, an arc on the newsroom's second season next summer. Um, I think we all have mixed to no feelings on the newsroom, so I don't know how much time we'll spend on this. But uh, Sarah, do you watch, did you watch the newsroom? All right, um, so probably no feelings on this. Alex, what about you? I watched it. Uh, I liked it a lot, actually. Uh, it was kind of chill, kind of mellow, I thought, but, I mean, that's good for some you shows. You thought it was chill and mellow? Well, yeah, I mean, it wasn't Isn't super that show intense. just, like, people yelling about, like, civic duty? It, I mean, all the it's all about them reporting on, you know, news stories that happened two, three years ago, so there's no surprises, really. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm reasonably certain that, that the newsroom single-handedly turned me from someone who was like a, a defender of Aaron Sorkin and uh, his attitudes toward women into someone who goes, actually, yeah, you know, he probably does have some problematic feelings toward women. Um, so that was disappointing because I love Aaron Sorkin, uh, especially well, the West Wing. I mean, women are problematic, so I mean, that's kind of inevitable. Oh, <laughs> yay. That's... <laughs> Again, Alex, we'll save it for the therapy podcast, all right? Um, yeah, no, I think Aaron Sorkin's great. The newsroom was pretty uniformly terrible. Um, and again, it's, it's a show that, uh, 
I really did not enjoy it all, and yet watch the entire season of it. We'll probably watch season two, because it's Aaron Sorkin. I like a lot of the people on it. Um, and hopefully he'll get his shit together and figure out uh, why everyone disliked it so much, except Alex, who now, apparently enjoyed it. Now, Jordan, how do you feel about uh, Patton Oswalt joining the cast? Uh, well, he's I think he's only on for a guest arc, but I love Patton Oswalt, uh, both as a comedian and as an actor. Uh, I mean, he was great in Big Fan. He was great in Young Adult. So I feel like he's going to be fantastic. I think he will actually be well-suited to the Sorkin dialogue, which, as much as I like people like Emily Mortimer um, and Sam Larson, they aren't always well-suited to the Sorkin dialogue. So I think he'll actually be a very good addition to the cast. Uh, but ultimately, it's going to come down to who he's playing and what the storyline is, because if it's you know, a horrible, awful storyline, as so many things that came up in the first season were, then probably Patton won't save it. Because I like a lot of people in the show already, and they weren't saving it from being awful. Well, the show is also adding uh, Grace Gummer, who is an actress, not because Meryl Streep is her mother at all. Just um, like Mamie Gummer, who is an actress. Just, yes. She's no. on. And... Mamie Gummer is really good on The Good Wife. I haven't seen her in much else, but she was really good on The Good Horrible. Wife. Horrible. What else has Grace Gummer been in? Okay, well, to be fair, it may have been the source material, but she played Angelica Houston's daughter on an episode of Smash. And Ooh, basically Smash. Terrible show. She... Okay. <laughs> um, but she just came in and she was like, oh, I travel the world because I like to help poor people and I can't believe that you care so much about Broadway because you're not helping poor people. It was bad. Um, let's just point out this is quickly becoming the podcast where we all fight about shows that one of us likes and one of us thinks is terrible. <laughs> um... So, I think that's enjoyable. Uh, Sarah, you like Smash, yeah? Yeah, Rachel covered it last last season for us for, I think, exactly the same reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but I uh, I never saw an episode, and apparently, Sam, Sam, did you see it and not like it, or did you just hear it? Um, no, I, I did see it. I, I actually, I saw a few episodes before uh, kind of giving up on it. Um, anything worthwhile about it, or was it just... No. I mean, I like I like Angelica Houston a lot, but... Yeah, I think Angelica Houston being on a TV show was almost enough to get me there, but then I was just too busy, and so I figured if it was worthwhile, I'd catch up, and I heard it wasn't. Um, so yeah, Pat and Oswald's going to be on the newsroom. That'll be good. Uh, now to turn over to the story that I'm sure we will be exhaustively covering for the rest of this podcast's existence. Uh, Star Wars has announced the... Writer of the new trilogy has been chosen. Um, Michael Arndt of Toy Story 3 and Little Miss Sunshine fame will be writing the new trilogy. So uh, what do we think about that? Let's start with you, Sam. Well, I think this is uh, definitely good news. Um, You know, besides liking uh, Toy Story 3 and Little Miss Sunshine a lot, uh, you know, while it doesn't sound like it, based on those two movies, Michael Arndt apparently is a super Star Wars expert and has taught, you know, screenwriting classes around the original Star Wars trilogy. Um, so he, like, he is, you know, he's certainly qualified uh, just from, like, a Star Wars knowledge background and an understanding of the universe to to take this movie. And in addition, I mean, he's written a couple really good movies that I've enjoyed. So I, now the, nec- the next thing is just who is going to be the director and... By the way, it is not going to be Brad Bird, who spent yesterday on Twitter answering everybody's Star Wars question and saying no. <laughs> um, I find it interesting that Michael Arndt would teach a screenwriting class around, I assume, A New Hope is the one you're referring to? Uh, yes, I believe so, yeah. Um, I mean, it's a good script, but there's also, like, 
Lucas is notoriously bad at dialogue. Well, yeah, well, I think I think from this is all from what I read in a, I think it was a article in Vulture. Basically, he was uh, just talking about like the storytelling arc and how like all the characters, you know, storylines are paid off within like thirty seconds of each other in the script at the end. And it's just like it, it's it's not it was it, it didn't sound like it was so much about a dialogue, but about structure and and you know paying off your character's storylines that are you know that have a satisfying conclusion. I wrote a, an essay in my freshman year. Uh high school English class about um, Luke Skywalker and the hero's journey, so can I write the next Star Wars movie? Yes. Did you did you write an, like an Oscar-nominated movie? Um, I'm just gonna... No. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> well, then, why don't you, you know, get an Oscar nomination? <laughs> write Toy Story 4 or Little Miss Sunshine 2. Electric Boogaloo. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> um, Alex, thoughts on Michael Arndt as Star Wars screenwriter? I think he's going to be good. I mean, Little Miss Sunshine was really good. Uh, with Toy Story 3, showed that he can play within an already existing universe and still uh, do really well in that kind of system. And not only that, being having wrote, wrote Toy Story 3, he showed that you know he's worked with Disney, so he kind of has that feel. So, I mean, I think it'll go really well. Still hopeful. Uh, Sarah, as someone who I, I know from last night uh, is not a huge Star Wars fan, um, do you have any particular feelings on this? I like the idea that he's worked with Disney and can work within an existing universe. I haven't seen Little Miss Sunshine, so really, no, I have no feelings. Okay, um, and really quickly, uh, where did the final battle take place in Return of the Jedi? Invasion of Endor! Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> um, uh, all right, so I think we're going to wrap things up here by talking briefly about the World War Z trailer that came out this week and is apparently a big deal to someone who said we should talk about this on the podcast. Was it you, Alex? No. Uh, it was me. Oh, okay. They so were, they were like, they were all me. I was just like, oh, there's so much, so much news to talk about. Well, good job, because usually I am scrambling for things to talk about uh, during this segment. So, well done. World War Z, what do you think? Um, well, I guess we probably should have told everyone to watch the trailer before talking about this, but... There's still uh, time. Basically, you can still pause this, Yeah, you can just watch pause the, the podcast and go watch the trailer. I feel You're like not listening that, live, Sam. Well, that would cause a catastrophe, <laughs> starting it and then restarting it. I promise. Something would get fucked you up. You know that iTunes has a pause button, right? No, Jordan, he's talking about us pausing it and watching the trailer, which yeah, would cause a catastrophe. Oh, that makes way more sense. Yeah. Thank you, Sarah. Jesus fucking Christ, Jordan. <laughs> this is uh, clearly not a family podcast, Sarah, if you were curious either way. Yet again, Jordan is drunk on the podcast, clearly. <laughs> uh, I wish. This would be so much more easy to deal with if I had been drinking. Um, um, so, Sam, so go ahead and tell us ba- why you think World War Z is interesting. Well, I think it's interesting just because it's such a... It's like a well-known book uh, written by Max Brooks, the son of Mel Brooks. Um and basic, it's a uh, it's going to be a new zombie movie. And what struck me about the trailer was a it's star Brad Pitt. And when I think about zombie movies, I don't usually think about real superstars being at the center of them. They're usually ensemble casts of people who are either B list or unknown people. Yeah. Um, so that that Brad Pitt is starring in this big budget zombie movie, I think, speaks a lot to you know, where the zombie movie genre has come in the last 
you know, two years. Um, if Brad Pitt dies five minutes into it, which is incredibly unlikely based on the trailer, then that would still be impressive and shocking to me. I mean, you well, that would be Zombieland, and that had Woody Harrelson and Bill Murray. Woody, all right. Well, Woody Woody Harrelson is not a movie star. What I mean, Woody Woody Harrelson what? is a is a character actor. What? Um, and also, Bill Murray was the cameo. To to be fair, he yeah, Bill it. Murray was a cameo. And if you if you if you're telling me that Woody Harrelson is the equivalent to George Clooney or Brad Pitt, you're out of your mind. Agreed. And I'm not talking. I'm not talking about attractiveness or acting level. I'm talking about movie star. And if you're going to tell me that Brad Pitt opens a movie the same way Woody Harrelson does, you're lying to yourself. I think they go for different movies, different kinds of movies. You're right, but one of them is a bona fide movie star, and one of them is Woody Harrelson, an actor. <laughs> well, like when Woody Harrelson is in a movie. He might be like a, an attractive reason to go to the movie, but Brad Pitt opens a movie. Like that's exactly. Yeah, when I'm, Brad I'm not is a movie star in a way that I'm I think Woody Allen. I'm not Allen, saying Woody Harrelson is not. I, I, I don't like think that Woody this Harrelson, movie would be being made and you know remade and reshot and rewritten if Woody Harrelson and Zombieland didn't do as well as it did. I'm not yeah, saying but Zombieland I don't think this didn't movie do well. Would be I'm saying that Woody Harrelson is not a movie star. <laughs> I think I think we're making different points at this point. Um, though, well, no, because I think that this movie, you know, had so many production difficulties that, like, if Woody Harrelson had been in it, it may have just been scrapped. But it has Brad Pitt, and they're like, okay, even well, if we have to delay this and refilm company. it, and it's like, you know, the director's <laughs> fault, really. I mean, he just destroys everything he touches. Um, Either way, the fact that. Brad Pitt is behind this movie, I think, is a big deal. Though the trailer had me a little bit worried about how good it's actually going to be. Because it just looks like tons of CGI zombies. And here's, yeah, here's what I want to bring up watching the trailer, is they are fast zombies. Um, they're, they're fast zombies, and there's, like, a ton of them. Like, and, I mean, that's just from, you know, CGI. And I always think it's more impressive with zombie movies when, you know, they get a lot of actual people and put them in actual makeup. Yeah, I think and it just also, looks better. Like, the slow zombie is just empirically better, I think. Um, I don't know. I think you can make an art. Like, I think the fast zombie could be used well. I mean, didn't 28 Days Later have the fast zombie? Yeah. That was completely And I thought that was a very good movie, but... I well, they were, like... they were infected. They, Dawn of the Dead remake probably has the best fast zombies that go. the director will say are zombies. I just... Um, Simon Pegg actually did a thing on this fairly recently that I thought was really interesting, where he made the argument that the slow zombie is inevitably superior to the fast zombie because it's the idea that, you know, death is coming for all of us and we never know exactly when it's going to come and it's, you know, the slow ambling threat and that's what makes zombies interesting in a way that's different than vampires or werewolves or other monsters is that, like, they accumulate slowly and it's like in this never-ending, you know, crawl toward everyone being killed uh, in a way that I think the fast zombie just doesn't get across. Uh, the fast zombie takes away a lot of what's scary and or amusing about zombies to me. Like, one of my favorite parts of uh, a lot of zombie movies, even the actual horror ones, is the idea that, like, these guys aren't that threatening. They're really slow. Oh, wait. Now we're all dying because of the slow zombies. Uh, and I just, I think the metaphor is more um, apt and interesting when they are slow zombies. Also, when they're real people and not CGI, but that's a different consideration entirely. I'd agree. I mean, again, I think it kind of just depends on how the movie handles it. It could be good with that fast zombies or 
and it could yeah, be bad. Yeah, I mean, I zombies, thought Twenty Eight Days Later was very good. I mean, from the um, from the trailer, I thought that it was actually the most interesting part of the whole movie. That it, it wasn't like a group of zombies running at you. It was this basically a blob of like yeah. things you can't see. I thought that was kind of neat, and like they were climbing on each other to get up the fucking drain pipe or whatever the hell that was. I mean, see, I didn't, I didn't cool. love that part though. I didn't, I didn't like that it was like kind of just one massive blob. It looked like a wave, like water almost, of zombies, and then it, it was just kind of yeah, like a blob. And I, I kind of like the, I don't know. I think, I think it, it to me, it's that just that it's CGI. I don't like that in a zombie movie. I want to see the zombies there. My zombies are real people. I, I'll agree with you on that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean, they're real people and often terrible makeup. That's how I think of zombies. You look Sometimes at the old Romero films, and they have you know helicopter zombie and nurse zombie or whatever the hell they would have, and those are the things that really stick out in people's minds about it. But mm-hmm. I mean, in regards to World War Z as a movie in whole, I I'm not excited for it. I'd be more excited if it was like World of Zombies or something. But uh, World War Z taking the book and making it into this is not what I wanted that book to do. Have Have you read the book? Yes, I have. I yeah, I, I've read um, the book. I think it would be much, much better. Like everyone says this, much, much better as a TV show. But I mean, like, well, I think apparently um, Brooks was not involved at all in the making of this movie, and in fact, it's I don't think it's particularly close to the book. From what I've, I haven't read the book. What I've heard is that uh, Brooks didn't really have anything to do with the movie, and it might just be a case of them using the title. Cause I they, mean, he sold off the know, rights and was it. like, just give me the yeah. money. Right. Took a you can't blame him. Warren Ellis kind of approach to it. But, I mean, the yeah. book deals with the, with the world during a zombie apocalypse. Like... That is the most interesting part of the book, that it jumps from place to place, like all over, giving you these different views that really make sense about how people would handle this sort of thing. But f- making it focus down on one person and one family, like I, that's not the approach that I wanted to see. Yeah, well, it seems to be the case of they're, they're using the fame of uh, the name of the book and Brad Pitt to try I mean, to sell this Brad zombie Pitt movie. Brad Pitt is the one who wanted this movie made. This is his production company. He really was the one that was gung-ho about this thing. Well, um, I guess probably what will happen is the movie will come out. We will either see it or not see it. And we will probably never discuss it again in the podcast. But uh, here are our thoughts on the trailer and on uh, slow versus fast zombies a little bit. So, Sam, why don't we toss things over to you and we're going to talk a little bit about pop culture Thanksgivings. Yeah, uh, this is this is our Thanksgiving episode because this probably won't be up until maybe the day before Thanksgiving. Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday or Wednesday usually. Um, so I just wanted to ask you guys, you know, Thanksgiving, like you know, the big holidays like Christmas, um, it gets a lot of play in you know pop culture, mostly television specials and the such. I want to know what is your favorite piece of pop culture. That is surrounded by Thanksgiving. The Aqua Teen Hunger Force episode with Gobble Locks. See, I never, I never watched Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Uh, Tell me about that episode. It's so good. They have a turkey and they're eating Thanksgiving, and then a turkey from the a robot turkey from the future comes because he has to save the turkey that they're eating. But you know he's already dead, and then he has to go back in time, so he gets into the curtain, which is the time rift, and you can't go in the time rift. You have no idea where that will send you. And there are socks with lasers. 
Um, <laughs> this all sounds exactly what I think uh, that show Alpine is. Hunger Force sounds like. Yeah, yeah. Hunger Force. Oh, yeah. Well, I've never seen it either, but that's exactly what I think in my head when I, when I think of that show. It's, it can be brilliant at times, but you've got to take it in slow increments if you're... <laughs> Um, when I think, when I think Thanksgiving specials, I think two, two things immediately pops to mind. Um, there's the, the Peanuts Thanksgiving special, which is not the best Peanuts special by a long shot, uh, but still has its wonderful moments, I think. Um, and to me, like, when I think Thanksgiving, the, the first thing that pops into my head is every single Friends Thanksgiving episode. <laughs> they made, they made Thanksgiving an event on that show, and usually they were some of the best episodes the show did, because... My, my personal favorites back in the day when I liked Friends, um, I mean, I still think it's a, a good show, but that's really neither here nor there at the moment. Um, most of my favorite episodes centered around everyone just sitting in the apartment messing around. You know, the, the closer it was to a bottle episode, the more I tended to enjoy it. And the Thanksgiving episodes were usually everyone just hanging out together in one storyline um, with, you know, a few side things going on. And they also had some of the all-time classic Friends episodes, like Brad Pitt's uh, guest turn on the show. Um, to bring things back to World War Z. Uh, so, will Jen ever those, find love? Uh, <laughs> I think that's also a topic for another podcast. Our, she's probably pregnant. Really? Yeah. This is how little I follow gossip. Yeah, Who's, our version of pop... Didn't I? Yeah, I think it was last night that I was like, who is Taylor Swift dating? Because I thought she was dating someone like Jason Segel that I cared about. But she's Jordan, not. I'm pretty sure at some point, it's like your 15 minutes of fame, everyone will date Taylor Swift for 15 minutes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure everyone I, just shot I don't follow podcast. celebrity relationships almost at all. It's just not like my area of pop culture. So, Sarah, you should uh, come on the show more often and give us that side of pop oh, culture. Because I'm terrible at it. <laughs> um, but who is Jennifer Aniston pregnant by? Do I care? Oh, I like him. Yeah, yeah Jordan loves Justin Theroux. He would fuck Justin Theroux. <laughs> I, uh, I, I like him. <laughs> I mean, he likes him, likes far. him. He was in uh, a lot of movies that I like. He was on Six Feet Under, which I like. Um, he wrote Tropic Thunder. So, yeah, I like Justin Theroux. I'll go that far. <laughs> He's writing. He has, like, another... He's writing... Um, what is he writing? Something about? else we care about. I'm looking it up now. Please do. But there's, like, another big thing that he is writing. While you look that up, Sarah, what about you, uh, Thanksgiving pop culture theme-wise? The Gilmore Girls Thanksgiving episode is my absolute favorite. Um, I don't know if there was more than one, but the one. I have to go to like, they overcommit themselves to Thanksgiving. So first they have to go to like this crazy Korean Thanksgiving. um, And then they have to go to Lorelai's parents and it's like super formal and McCarthy, McCarthy, you know, McCarthy, you know who I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, mm-hmm. who, it's like her best, like she's amazing, but it was her best episode because her husband has all of his crazy drunk relatives over and they're going to deep fry the Thanksgiving turkey and she's a chef. So the only way that she can like deal with this is to just get shit faced. And so like they come back and like she's drunk and the lawn's on fire and she's telling Rory and Lorelai like, oh my God, they started lighting like everything they could find on fire. It's hilarious. And then, obviously, they go to Luke's, and that's sweet, because that's, like, the heart of the show. But if you don't watch the show, then you don't understand. I don't get it, but I hear it's good. 
Yeah, that's a, it's always been on my like potential someday to do list because they hear that it's right up my alley in a lot of ways. Now, um, Sarah, do you watch um, Bunheads? Because that's by the same writer, right? The same age as those girls, so a lot of uh-huh. it is like very, you know, like familiar to me, and also it's based. It's just Wait, like they playing themselves, or just the same actors. No, same actors, but they're playing like various. That'd be cool if they. If, that'd be cool if they reprise their characters from Gilmore yeah. Girls. I like, like it when uh, shows do that. I almost Actually, wish they had another done show that. I was going to bring up um, that that reminds me of Cougar Town. Usually does a good Thanksgiving episode every season, um, and is full of Scrubs characters playing. Well, that I've seen those characters. like YouTube. I've seen. I haven't watched Cougar Town, but I've seen like those YouTube videos where they have. Uh, I mean, like Ted was on. And... Ted plays Ted on the show, though. Like, yes, Ted, Ted plays Scrubs, Ted, which is um, cool. which is fantastic. Um, last year like in the spring and it was a nod to the fact that like they weren't coming back in the fall and they didn't know if they were were going to be canceled or not and so they were just like we want to like they they you know they made it like right the good meta joke yeah um, i actually think in the episode it was like what were we all doing on thanksgiving and like i don't remember i can't remember either yeah we didn't do thanksgiving this year um and it was fun i like that show a lot i do too um and also i like how much they drink on that show because it reminds me of my own life Oh, <laughs> um, Sam. How, what, what about some fav- favorite pop culture stuff? Th- pop culture Thanksgiving stuff from you? We haven't heard from um, you. Well, before I get to TV, um, when I was when I was younger, I used to love this uh, comic strip called Foxtrot. I don't know if anybody yeah. else has yeah. read it. Um, I was a big Foxtrot fan, and every year for Thanksgiving, there would always be a big thing about with Peter, who is the oldest child. He would always like be preparing for Thanksgiving like and you know how I'd read it in the paper so it'd be like every you know every day it would always just be about him like getting prepared to eat insane quantities of food and that kind of shaped how I prepare for Thanksgiving by basically getting my stomach prepared (laughs) physically to handle Thanksgiving um and my uh I guess in television I love the uh, I think it's the Helen Keller episode of South Park, yes. where uh, Timmy has his special turkey friend, who kind of has like a messed up neck, and Water Helen Water is something me and Jordan sing constantly to each other. We do, um, <laughs> um, and it's it's like it's it's a sweet episode of South Park. Um, it's I, I feel like it's a show that could be kind of coarse a lot. Um, and, and is course in that episode even like it's water course, but water. yeah, but but at the same time, like at the end, it's it makes me feel good inside. It's got a real heart to it, which it is, does have is a real rare, heart. and I really enjoy it when South Park can pull that off. Yeah, and it felt it felt genuine to me, um, and I'm glad Timmy had a special friend on Thanksgiving that survived the slaughter because of his disability. Yeah, um, that's it. That was a good episode. I wanted to bring this up. I actually don't think the show ever did a Thanksgiving episode, but when I think of big family gatherings, I always think of Six Feet Under. Did they um, not do a Thanksgiving episode? They, they, there were like two or three episodes a season where it was like everyone coming over for dinner, and it was like the dinner episodes of that show, like when everyone got in the same room, and they, you know, it was just, 
uh, everyone bouncing off each other at the dinner table were some of the best episodes that show ever did. I don't think any of them specifically took place on Thanksgiving, but there were a lot of like families getting together for dinner episodes. You know, maybe it was like had... maybe it was the summer show. Is that possible? It was on like during the summers. It was, but they did a Christmas episode one time. Like it was, it was on oh. during the summer, but they they they're HBO, so they disregard what the actual calendar says and do whatever the fuck they want. Um. But no, in fact, let me look this up, but I'm pretty sure they never did a Thanksgiving episode. But the Six Feet Under dinners also reminds me a lot of what Thanksgiving at my house is like, where it's like, there's oftentimes there's a lot of tension going on between various family members, and, you know, there are side things that are, that have built up over the accumulation of years, and things just sort of bubble up in interesting and often hilarious ways. Jordan, you have to watch Parenthood. That's like the premise of the show. And it has Peter Krause. It does. And it has um, a great Thanksgiving episode. Possibly more than one, but I can't remember. So oh, and while it. we're at it, old uh, old television shows that had good Thanksgiving episodes, uh, the first Slapsgiving episode in How I Met Your Mother was oh, a really good Oh, that's a good episode. point. Um, and it was, it feels like a million years ago that Slapsgiving happened, and I think they did, they did like Slapsgiving 2 or something. It was horrible. Lily's it dad was came. Horrible. I hate him. Um, Who do you hate? Like, Lily's the, dad? Like, I don't hate the actor, and I don't hate some of the jokes that come out of it, but I just hate the premise and just how stupid it is and how he I mean, only shows up when they need dumb comedy, and I just, ah. Well, he also, he seems kind of like cartoonish, even for yeah. the show, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I kind like of it. agree with that. I mean, sometimes, I think they've gotten some good stuff out of Lily's Dead, but I agree, he's kind of, he's a bit of a cartoon character. Um, yeah. In general. Okay, apparently Six Feet Under did do Thanksgiving one time. Um, I cannot find the name of the episode right now, but apparently they did do Thanksgiving once, so there you go. There was a Thanksgiving episode, but that's not specifically the one I'm thinking about. You know what I'm sad about? What? What? I hope it's Thanksgiving related or pop culture related. No, it'd be even better if it was just like, there's some kids dying in Africa. (laughs) Is that Partners will never get to have a Thanksgiving episode because I think it would have been beautiful. Were you a fan of Partners? Sarah was covering Partners for the site. um, Were you a fan? Um, I I was conflicted. I think it had some moments and it also made me so angry that I had to review it because I had to have somewhere to talk about my thoughts and feelings. Was Was it homophobic? Um, it actually improved greatly from mm-hmm. Well, it's it's by the same creative team as Will and Grace, right? So it's Oh well that's totally okay. How about like her boobs and it just that hurt. <laughs> um well, I, I mean, I watched Will and Grace for years, and I feel like that show did not age well for particularly the reasons that it sounds like the partner, the problems you're having with partners, where it's like, when Will and Grace came on, everyone was like, wow, there's a gay main character on television. That's really impressive. Um, and it's groundbreaking, and the show is important. And then if you watch it now, it's like, Will and especially Jack are just such giant stereotypes of homosexuality that it's, it's like grating to watch. It's a, partners was less... snapshot of the time. Yeah. yeah like, the, the stereotypes in Partners are, like... Less grading than Will and Grace, but it's just like at least in Will and Grace they were new. That, yeah, and in Will and Gra- like I think Will and Grace was like Alex said a good snapshot of the time and sort of important in the way that it it did something that TV wasn't doing very well at the time. Um, even if it didn't do it very well by today's eyes, I think it was doing a good job at the time. 
Yeah. Um, at least until it just became like, what A-list guest star can we get this week for several seasons? Yeah, it's always bad times when a show feels like it has to just do the stunt casting every single week, you know? And I think Will and Grace was like the prime offender of the stunt casting in its later years, where that was just pretty much all they did for probably two or three seasons. And then, um, this is completely off topic, but they had a series finale that was incredibly controversial that I thought was actually very good. Oh, they um, stopped being friends, right? Yeah, they stopped being friends for like 20 years. It was devastating. And everyone well done, was pissed was about it. And I was like, that's an interesting way to take it because Will and Grace were actually pretty terrible to each other for a lot of the show's run. But that's how friends are. Like, Sex in the City, like, everybody talks about how horrible they are to each other, but like, it was Ugh, They're also horrible to everyone around them. And they also speak only in puns, which is also like Will and Grace. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, I mean, I guess it is, but not necessarily if you want me to find your show funny for six seasons. Mm, fair. Partners had almost no puns. Um, sadly, I'll probably never catch up with the, what, like, five or six episodes of the show there were. <laughs> really, Jordan, you're not? it was not supposed to be good, and it was canceled. <laughs> um, but I will trust that it was good. Sadly, partners will never have a Thanksgiving episode. I know. Did Buffy have Thanksgiving? Yeah, Buffy it must, had, Oh, it did, yeah. yeah with the Indians coming back to life? That was a good yeah. episode of Buffy. Yes, I do remember that. Um, quintessentially, Spike tied to the chair being full of arrows is awesome. Yes. He's like, you made the bear come. <laughs> yeah. That's a great gag. Yes, it I is. I don't remember that. I think I'm going to have to rewatch. It was in season four, um, which I think is unfairly maligned, even though it has a lot of problems. But yes. So it's fairly maligned and you just disagree? No. I think it's unfairly maligned because everyone says it's the worst season of the show, and I say that all the time as well. But it's not really. <laughs> I think you can make an argument for six being the worst season. I think save save for once more with one. Um, Sorry, I said one as well. Can, you can argue. Oh well, 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 I don't even think about one honestly when I'm talking about best or worst. But it's just kind of like there. Four four had the problematic master plot, but it had a lot of really good one off episodes, including the Thanksgiving episode where Angel was there for some reason. You gotta bring Angel back. Well, it actually led to one of my favorite episodes of Angel, so that's a, that, that's not a Thanksgiving episode and a completely different conversation. Um, yeah. So, favorite pop culture Thanksgivings? Any other any last thoughts on this before we move on? On uh, Netflix Instant, else. there is. I haven't watched it, so I can't say whether it's good or not. It probably isn't, but in that really good way, uh, Thanks Killing is on Netflix Instant. Ooh, thanks. Could you read the synopsis? Well, on their way home for Thanksgiving break, five college kids run afoul of a homicidal turkey that wants them dead. As the cursed bird hunts them down one by one, the, survivals, the survivors scramble to find a way to defeat the possessed creature. Will the bloodthirsty turkey make their last Thanksgiving feast ever? Writer-director Jordan Downey's holiday theme horror spoof features an appearance by adult film star Wanda Lust. Oh my god, this sounds amazing. Yeah, how are we not watching that right now? <laughs> Also, you gotta give it. It's only sixty-six minutes. So, oh, it's sixty-six minutes. Is Is it a porno? Um, (laughs) probably. I mean, it's on the on the cover here. It says "warning: boobs in the first second. Wait, it says says that on on the the cover. cover? Yeah, (laughs) it's gonna. Where are you right now? Are you on Netflix? Yeah, I'm looking at it. Because that's Netflix is spelled uh, "you porn," right? It's funny because you didn't say the letters. <laughs> That's why I'm that joke is fun. funny. What's it called? Thanks Killing? Yep. 
I'm going to watch the first second of this. Right now, while we're <laughs> all the, trying to have a podcast? Well, for the boob. <laughs> all right. Let's all uh, pause for a moment while Sam sees a boob. It says <laughs> for the first second. It's going to take me a second. Just give me one second, guys. Literally okay, while he's second. watching boobs, uh, Jordan, was the Quentin Tarantino turkey sketch on Studio 60 part of Thanksgiving or Christmas? Um, that's a good question. I don't remember it being a Thanksgiving episode, so I'm going to guess it was part of Christmas. Mm. Either way, I think it was, like, the only actually funny moment of that show, so it deserves a mention. Yeah, that's true. It was one of those, it was one of the few moments that, like, one of the sketches on the show didn't have me screaming. Because even though it wasn't particularly great, it felt like it could really be a sketch comedy piece. sketch was because it was like if there had been the appropriate amount of blood the joke would have come across but instead there was yeah um, wow and... they were not kidding about the boob in the first second <laughs> though you know it technically wasn't the first second there were two title cards before it <laughs> it said um the year is 1621 I'm glad days, the podcast has actually just devolved into Sam watching porn in front of us it's not porn how dare wait was you? it just one boob it was like, a, a it was a close boob. up of one boob that's <laughs> there are there are two title cards oh the first one says the first title card says the year is 1621 the olden days i guess that's <laughs> true and then the second title card says moments after the very first thanksgiving Dot, dot, dot. Boom. And then you get a, a giant boob in your face. Full nipple. One boob. All right. Well, um, thank you for the play-by-play on that. Let's see where this is going. Ooh, <laughs> I see another one. Okay. <laughs> while Sam just watches Thanksgiving while we try to have a podcast, Alex, I'm going to kick things over to you, and we're going to talk about um, our current pop culture Thanksgiving traditions. Yeah. I mean, I just know that in my house, I always put on... Well, I don't wake up for it anymore, but it was always was it would always go... Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, football, and then that's kind of oh, everything. Yeah, what, <laughs> what's happening? What's what's going on in Thanksgiving? Killing? That's much more interesting. Oh no, I'm reacting to uh, football and the Macy Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah, that's parade. my that's my uh, Thanksgiving. My uh, my mother watches the Macy's Day Parade twice every year. Like she watches the rerun. There's a rerun. Yeah, they run it and they run it again. Huh. I, I didn't know that. That's you guys, I mean. you you guys have to scroll through this Thanks Killing movie <laughs> just for the. There is a the 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 killer turkey is a puppet. <laughs> it was made in two thousand nine. Oh my god! I'm gonna watch this movie. As soon as we're done I'm watching it. There is literally there is literally a scene where the turkey puppet is wearing, you know, those like fake disguised glasses with big nose, <laughs> like Sarah's Halloween costume. The turkey I have is wearing a, that. A pair That's of those. awesome. I can't wait to watch this Wednesday wait, midnight. Wait, is anyone in the scene fooled and doesn't think it's the turkey? Well, he's now he's sitting at a dinner table with someone with a mug of coffee, talking to a man dressed as a turkey. Wait, can the turkey talk? I don't know. I don't have the sound on because I'm trying to enjoy the podcast. <laughs> okay. Well, fair enough. Well, these pressing questions will have to be answered in our own free time after the show. Um, for now, Sarah, any pop culture Thanksgiving traditions for you? We used to always watch the Macy's Day Parade, um, and then I went to school in New York, and so I learned, and I was incredibly excited that you could go the Wednesday before Thanksgiving and watch the floats being blown up. I kind of, like, flop around, um... (laughs) 
So I enjoyed that. Um, also, when the Harry Potter. Because, like, the day after Thanksgiving was time that I should have been able to spend with my friends. And, like, how dare they make me do this. And then I loved them because Harry Potter is great. I was going to say, really? You were mad about seeing Harry Potter? That's a well, lovely I tradition. Yeah. Thanks. It's Actually, over now. <laughs> yeah, me and my family, we used to go to, like, late showings of how of, uh Harry Potter, not Harry Mitchell, brother. Um, we only did that for the first few movies, though, and then I think it got to the point where it, too exhausting for my poor parents. I saw them yeah. all after Azkaban at midnight. Actually, Azkaban on at midnight. Um, so I was not watching any of them on Thanksgiving, but they, they, they did all come out around the time, and I think that, the, like, I do kind of associate them with the Thanksgiving season. Yeah. Yeah. And the last two that came out in July came out on like the midnight before my sister's birthday. So it was also a family affair. So I just associate Harry Potter with, you know, yelling at people. <laughs> Which you associate almost everything with, I, I yep, assume. Fair. Um, <laughs> Sam, uh, you said you and your family do did late showings of Harry Potter. Was there well, one of those the only we, movies or we did uh we did Harry Potter, um my grandpa, he's, his office used to be on the parade route uh, during the Thanksgiving Day Parade. So we would, when I was little, we would go up to his office and we'd kind of like sit in the windows and watch. So it was like the perfect view because you didn't have to be on the street. You could be inside and they'd be having kind of like a holiday party. So I'd get like bagels and stuff. And I get to watch the Thanksgiving Day Parade, you know, from a tall building. So I can see all the, you know, balloons right in front of me and stuff, which was really cool. Oh, you cool. couldn't catch any of the candy. I couldn't catch the candy, but I had bagels and locks. Okay, like fair. Jewish fair. candy. It is, it is that is Jewish. like Jewish candy. It is Jewish candy. Um, <laughs> what else? Uh, I do the foot. I you know always watch football. Uh, what else is there? I think that's really it. I just hang out. I actually the last two years. I mean, I, I live right next to the park in New York, and I haven't been to see them blow up the balloons. And I'm going home early. I'm going home. I'm going to miss it again. It's awesome. Well, maybe well, next year I'll Yeah, I was going to say, so. maybe next time, if we do a Thanksgiving podcast next year, you can talk about blowing, watching the balloons get blown up. I blow them up personally. I'm just like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't use the machines I am sure they use. You just blow into the balloons for like six weeks. <laughs> they use machines? I think it'd be infinitely cooler if they got like a hundred people to just like, blow! <laughs> They have one person that's like has a drum. Boom, yeah, boom, boom. yeah, exactly. We gotta fill up that fucking Garfield by tomorrow morning. Fill it up. <laughs> I just, just like the idea my... of thousands of people just like <laughs> blowing into balloons <laughs> desperately. Yeah, that that would bird be great. isn't gonna blow himself. Blow. Um, I'll see. I don't. I don't think I've ever watched the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade all the way through. Um, it's terrible on television. All of my parade memories go to the Rose Bowl, uh, the Rose Parade, rather, ah. um, for New Year's Day. Um, and especially, like, be- similarly to watching them blow up the balloons, in Southern California, you can go and help them put the floats together. So I did that for several years when I was a kid, is you go and you, like, put flowers in the little vases, vials that they need, and then you, like, shove them into the float in different places. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. So. That's a very, a very California-y thing. Yeah, there are flowers, and it's a thing. Um, as for Thanksgiving traditions, uh, my family always goes to my grandmother's house, which is far too small for the size of my family. 
Um, and throughout my entire childhood, my grandmother, my grandfather and my grandmother are big Western people, and as a kid, I was not a big Western guy. Um, I think they have every John Wayne movie, uh, but I refuse to watch any of those. The only movies they had that I would watch uh, were Independence Day and Jurassic Park. So I watch both of those probably all the time, and uh, maybe on every Thanksgiving for four or five years. Independence Day is a great Thanksgiving movie, so. Yeah, it's seasonally appropriate. Mm -hmm. Um, And Jurassic Park as well, I assume, takes place on Thanksgiving. Well, like normal Americans, and you were just like sequestered somewhere watching those two movies over and over again? In the dark. Alone Uh, in a room. All alone. Oh, poor George. This is sadly an accurate depiction of my Thanksgiving. Shut the door, Mom. Shut the door. And what makes it worse is Jordan Jordan wouldn't really be able to drink back then either. No, I wasn't even drinking. Thanksgiving is a much better holiday when you are uh, old enough to drink. Oh, you know what tradition I like that started, uh, I guess, since I've known Jordan in college, is his live-tweeting Thanksgiving dinner with (laughs) awkward family stuff. Yeah, and I've, it's been sad that I've, I haven't been able to do it the last few years because uh, I haven't been home for Thanksgiving thanks to law school ruining my life. <laughs> um, but Are you, are you going to get back this year? This year I am staying in Ann Arbor by myself in a room with my uh, oh. Independence Day in Jurassic Park. I love Jordan's, like, someone is drinking a bottle of wine. Treats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, well, I've made a pledge to myself to go home next year for Thanksgiving, so uh, Jordan's... 2013 Thanksgiving live tweet will be a thing. Good. I'll have to I read it the next day because we're not allowed to have cell phones at our Thanksgiving and in my grandma's house in the Whoa. woods there's no service anyway because I've tried to sneak it. Before. Your grandmother lives in the woods? Her Do you go over, we've talked about this. She has her second house and we go hiking. Where we is do, this? yes. Oh my you actually have to cross a creek in so southern you go Indiana. Over a river and through the woods to grandmother's to house. To grandmother's house, just yes. To be clear. Holy shit. Yes. <laughs> That's the dream. But deer season is not all year round, but we wear the vests all year round. (laughs) That's fantastic. That sounds like my family tradition of having another drink before dessert. Yeah. Oh, and so like in recent years... Also the fear of someone brandishing a gun. (laughs) Yeah, that is completely accurate. My grandmother has a cabinet full of rifles in her house. No, no, I'm serious. My grandmother has a cabinet full of rifles in her house. awesome. I'm not kidding. (laughs) That's very exciting. For my 12th birthday, uh, my grandmother took me to the desert to learn to drive a car and shoot a rifle. That's cool. awesome. Because that's you what you have to be able to do at 12, apparently. Yes. Well, that has nothing to do with Thanksgiving. I think uh, no. we've gone far off topic at this point. Ooh, something that does have to do with Thanksgiving that Jordan won't care about at all is that the Saturday of Thanksgiving has amazing rivalry games for college football, and I'm already very excited. Well, it's Michigan versus Ohio, right? So I'm supposed to care about that. USC, which you could care about, and uh, South Carolina at Clemson. Um, I'm not a USC guy. I'm a UCLA guy, so but I can't root for Notre Dame because I go to Michigan, so I'm very conflicted about that game, if I cared at all, which I don't. Yeah, Notre Dame's uh, going to be number one now. Unless they choke to USC, which they have a grand tradition of doing. They do. People talking about sports. Sorry, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> um... All right, so any last pop culture Thanksgivings before we move on to the uh, Rachel Tartus Memorial Award for Best Performance in the Week? Let's do it for Rachel. All right. 
May pour, she rest in peace. Pour one out for Rachel. Um, as always, our, our dedicated interns have been doing the very complicated tabulations throughout the podcast to figure out uh, who is going to come out on top. It's a, it's a real difficult process every single week, and I always comment on how difficult it is because we don't pay them, and they don't actually exist. Um, so, this week, the winner of the Rachel Tardis Memorial Award for Best Performance in the Week is Michael Arndt. Um, unsurprising, really, because it's Star Wars news, and we're all nerds. Uh, Michael Arndt, you can come down to the renamed offices, pick up your trophy and your small cash prize. Um, you get totally a slightly larger cash like prize misery. if you bring with you Buzz Lightyear and Woody uh, dolls. So do that, please. Uh, congratulations to Michael Arndt. Uh, with that, I think we're going to wrap up this week's edition of the Review Your Name podcast. We will be back next week um, where we will be doing uh, the next installment of the Review Your Name movie club. So those of you who are playing along at home... Watch The Conversation before next week. It's on Netflix Watch instantly, and we're going to talk about that next week. Um, With that, thanks for listening. Everybody have a good week. I'm thankful for all of you. Bye. Watch Thanksgiving. And watch Thanksgiving. Goodbye. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody.